Hello, hello everyone. You are listening to The Success Palette, a place to discuss everything that you are not taught in school about how to be successful in the arts. I'm your host, Soda, and today we are going to talk about friendship, the importance of friendship in the arts as a professional. And to help me out with that, I have my friend, Ash, who is an artist and has worked some really cool jobs. So Ash, do you want to talk a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. I mean, in my eyes, it's like, oh, I could be doing so much more. But um, I started like working professionally about 12-ish years ago, 11, 12 years ago at this company called Fifth Sun. I think they got bought out by another company. I can't remember the name, but they did a lot of merchandising stuff, mostly clothes, mostly (laughs) t-shirts. And so it was a lot of uh, licensed apparel for something like 80 or so different licenses. So um, what was good about that job is it it taught me how to do a lot of different art styles and quickly. Um, So some days I would have to do Game of Thrones and it has to be like this fancy, like, you know, uh, piece of like a sword with graphic design around and then another day I would have to do like a Star Wars meme or a Nintendo like a Pokemon not Pokemon we didn't do Pokemon <laughs> or like a Mario t-shirt um, it, it just varied from from piece to piece sometimes they're paintedly sometimes they were uh, really simple um, and then from there I worked on some like smaller projects and uh, nabbed a job at ArenaNet uh, doing a game called Guild Wars 2. And I worked on that for a very long time. Well, like oh, five-ish years, maybe a little less than that. Um, they um, did shift over into NCSoft. Uh, so it sounds like I did more than I actually did. Um, but I, I did a bunch of things there. I, I did art for marketing. Um, I did a little tiny bit of cinematography, did more UI art, user interface. Um, some concept art, some splash screens. I got to get my hands dirty everywhere. Uh, my title was generalist at ArenaNet. And then from there, um, I did uh, some cards from this place called Ghostfire Gaming. And um, I moved on to a project called Atmos um, by a company called Atmos Labs. And uh, that game is coming along nicely. It's not out yet. And then I worked on another uh, project that is not out yet called Beatdown uh, through a company called Grimstar. And here I am looking into my next pursuits. I'm thinking maybe wizards or something. I'm not I'm not sure. Oh my gosh. I would love to see you do some Magic the Gathering stuff. I kind of think I need to. <laughs> you need to. And oh, it's you're, I liked. I only saw that one piece that you sent me, and it was gorgeous. I don't even know if it was finished yet, but I was I was blown away. And I would love to know what is the what is your favorite project that you have worked on? Are you able to pick a favorite? Oh my gosh, a project! Oh man, I mean, I loved Guild Wars for so much for so long. Um, it was such a big part of my life. It was my dream. That was my dream project to work on. I mean, after a while, it kind of became ho-hum day to day. But for for a while, I felt like I was like kind of at the center of just this artist's hub. Everyone loved being there. It was, it was uh, such a positive vibe for being such a big company. 
Um, people were generally like just really happy with their place there. The culture was very positive. Like there were some cool perks. I just um, with uh, all the art everywhere, I just it felt like I was where I wanted to be, and um, that went really well for a long time. Unfortunately, um, stories you know can have bittersweet endings, and they had to lay off half the staff. And um, uh, I was on part of the staff that stayed. Um, but after a little while, it, it didn't feel exactly the same as it was, you know, a lot of the people I knew were gone and some people started trickling out from there. So, uh, then, then I kind of decided it was time for me to go and I still do work for them from time to time. Uh, but yeah, it's, is is a part that I miss in my life, but I, I think I needed the change anyway. I got to travel a lot after that, which was kind of my dream too. Yes, as a freelancer, I can definitely relate to that when there is a group of people that end up leaving, just the whole atmosphere changes and it it's a very different situation and not always as fun. But that leads to my topic that I wanted to talk to you today about, which is friendship. And I know you mentioned that friendship has been the most important part of your success as an artist. So how has friendship played a part in getting all these awesome jobs that you have been able to work at? Oh golly, it has been huge. I I was in, I love that you asked me that question because I feel like a lot of people expect more of an art or technical answer. Um, a lot of people think that the way to to getting work is is like these like sending your your resumes in and your portfolios to these different com companies. And I mean that can work, but um, really like very often they already know people on the inside and have ideas of what they want. So building those connections can happen in all sorts of different ways. I'm a little bit of an addict when it comes to meeting new people. I just kind of love, I just love that first uh, experience that you have with people when you're just like finding all about them. They're finding all about you. And I just, I can't help myself. I'm literally a member Oh, that's of... why I became a podcaster. So <laughs> right? I completely get it. Oh, we immediately just fucking hit it. Oh, cussed. I'm sorry. Uh, do we need to bleep that? Um, we immediately hit it off. And um, I'm like, I'm I'm digging this person's vibe. I, I, I was so excited to hear that you had a podcast. I've never actually been on one before. But um, anyhow, I'm a member of like 50 different arts discords. And like half of them aren't functional generally. But the other half, you, I just, oh, I've never seen anyone in this one. Let's see what that's about. I just start talking to people. I just love making friends. I would say like some of the best advice I could give for connecting with people. I can't promise this is, it works the same way because I haven't done this in, in a hot minute, but um, back in the, the 2010s um, going to conferences as a volunteer, like GDC, uh, even PAX, um, Lightbox, I, nowadays it sounds would be a good one. Um, but GDC was the big one for me where you go and you work at the conference as a volunteer and there's a community of people there who just love helping. And it's like a big family of people who like helping the people within that family or anyone who will talk to them. And so there's, you start building all these connections of these other talented or talented people who just want to want to get you somewhere and um that and like when you're working at at these con conventions or conferences you get to kind of 
pick sometimes where you're going to go. So you're like, oh, I want to meet Hideo Kojima. I'm going to like sign up for his event, you know, to work it. Maybe I'll get to hand him some water and maybe try to talk to him and then realize he doesn't speak much English and be like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I had that happen with uh, Keiji Inafune, the creator of Mega Man. I was like so embarrassed. I was like, I was just like, oh, shoot. I ran into him. <laughs> um, at How did you handle convent. that situation? Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. Like I started talking to him like because uh, I was just awestruck and I started talking to him. Then I remembered, oh shoot, he doesn't speak English. <laughs> so I was like, amazing, amazing Sugoi. And then I literally walked all the way out of the room backwards, just like with my hands up, like, sorry, sorry. And and all the people with him were laughing. But um, I've met so many amazing people um, within the industry just from volunteering at GDC. Um, and I would say um, if they still operate the same way that they used to, uh, they have applications uh, that finalize on December 31st every year. And um, I'd say check it out. Um, I've never even heard of that particular oh, conference before. Where is oh it? Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, so there are multiples. The one I always went to is uh, the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. And that's the okay. big one. And it's still popping. Um I do feel if you go to a conference over um, a convention, you're going to have better luck because conferences are more focused on work, whereas conventions tend to be more focused toward fans. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> do you have any specific experiences where you made a connection at a conference or convention that you want to share where it really, really helped you in the end? Oh, gosh, let me think on that. Actually, this is me helping out another person. He does commercials for Nintendo. Like, um, he does a lot of, like, the videography, cinematography type stuff, video editing. I might get his title wrong, but he's been there for a while. And um, I had a friend from ArenaNet who had left the company, and he was kind of trying to find some work. And he was also happened to be in that field, did cinematography type stuff. And um, I happened to invite them both to go to a dinner together. And I didn't really consider, oh, wait, they're both doing the same thing and got uh, that other friend a job working at Nintendo, which is like, it was an absolute dream. It's like, wow, Nintendo. Um, so these things kind of spider out um, in a lot of different ways where you can connect to people you wouldn't expect. So I'm trying to think for me, my connections were originally forged personally through some people I met through college. Uh, my my friend Sonia Wolfram, uh, got me my job at ArenaNet, and I'm grateful to her. She is one of the most giving, sweet people I've ever met in my life. So I'm trying to think of another situation where I made a connection at a conference that helped me get work, but it's generally other people I'm thinking of right now. Uh, more or less, more often, I just have a ton of friends that I've made <laughs> uh, through through these conferences, um, and I try to connect people as best I can. And yeah. I love that. One of my nicknames is The Connector because I have that same joy mm -hmm. of making connections and also connecting other people. And I have found that when I connect other people together, that somehow ends up bouncing back with me because both of those people end up having a great connection and then they want me to be connected and help me connect with other people. So I don't know if you've experienced that as well. Absolutely. It, like I said, it's all a big spider web, like a matrix of people. Um, mm -hmm. It's, 
meeting people is really a drug to me. It's not, it's, <laughs> I guess I could have uh, worse vices. Exactly. And so are you naturally an, an, an extrovert or do you have to really push yourself out of your comfort zone to start meeting people? I think that I do lean extroverted. However, I kind of have these periods where like in order to do my work and focus on my work, I've always seen myself as having to kind of push myself toward introversion because I get distracted easily. So when I'm when I'm really just into a project, I tend to just everything else falls away. I'm 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 also, if I'm an addict to meeting people, I'm also an addict to perfecting my pieces, which there's no such thing as perfection in art. Don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> but I, I get really into uh, the puzzle of my art. So I will spend easily, you know, 10, 12 hours a day just dun, 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 dun on my on my pieces. And um, when that happens, I, I'm not necessarily great at, at interacting with people. Though I found Discord to be a really great option uh, to be able to like, chat and not really think too much while I'm drawing or painting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I am in love with discord and mm. I've noticed because I personally am a major introvert. Like I do oh. not like going places with oh. love meeting people. But what I do is I meet most of my people online because Mm -hmm. I am not, but I will go to conventions and stuff. And I, what I do is I kind of store up um, mm -hmm. my energy, my social energy for about a month. I don't do anything social. I store it up so I could just release it when I go to an event and then, you know, take a month to recover. So um, if you don't do that, you are probably an extrovert, but it depends. Um, it really maybe. depends. Um, I think maybe more so, a little more so, but it depends on what I have on my plate. Um, I feel I, I, I struggle. I have ADHD. I'm, I'm about as textbook case of ADHD as you could possibly find. Um, so like I, I get, I have trouble shifting from one thing to another. So if I'm really like, I have this big project, art project hanging over me that I got to focus on. It's really hard for me to let go of that and go do things with other people. So I kind of have this rule that like, um, okay, maybe I can turn down, uh, I can turn down two things, but I kind of have to accept the third, <laughs> um, offer to go do something and get myself out of the house because I know I'm going to enjoy it once I'm out there. Um, cause I always do. It's just, it's that shifting gears. I just want to continue doing the thing I'm currently on, which is why I, I spend 40 hours on a painting. Exact <laughs> same way. And yes, yes. I, I also have ADHD. So I know what you mean. And I have to have like maybe two days a week where I focus on networking and meeting people. And it becomes one of the ways that I was able to break out of my introversion and shyness is really turning it into a hyper focus mm. and hyper focusing on the skill of meeting people and trying oh. to do it in a way where I'm not using people and I'm not mm. letting people use me. I try to find people where I can benefit just as much as them. I also want to give a shout out to the Clubhouse app, similar to Discord, but it's a social audio app, great for making connections. And this is actually where I found the Win community, 
Women into Networking, a nonprofit organization that helps marginalized groups and those who want to support marginalized groups turn their passion into profit. And that includes artists, writers, musicians, whatever your passion is. This is an amazing community that is focused on helping each other grow. You could visit wincommunity.org to learn more. Now back to our interview. What are some of the ways that you have been able to find people where you've been able to benefit just as much as they, as you could give to them? Golly, it's been Discord. I cannot speak more highly about it. I wish I had Discord when I was younger. Uh, Oh my gosh. Um, I have met so many artists who um, have so much passion and and interest in learning about things so i've i've been learning how much i love learning or learning and teaching (laughs) so i teach people and i learn a ridiculous amount from teaching the people they'll just come up to me and ask me like how to do a thing and i look at the puzzle and it's like it's like they're handing me like like smash brothers and i have to play for a second like okay let me figure out how to how to beat this puzzle and um so I'll, I'll look at their art and I'll, I'll have to explain it on terms that work for that person and their emotional state and how they relate to their art. So those are all pieces of the puzzle that I have to figure out. And if I can solve that, I more often than not learn something new about art and uh, a perspective I hadn't thought of, a connection I hadn't made before, almost always. And very often when people are asking me, there's other people in the room too. And they're like, I'm listening and excited and and chipping in and and, um, I'm building more connections because I'm learning from those people. So I think it's really great. In fact, I'm I'm enjoying it so much. I'm considering mentorships, um, giving mentorships too. That would be great. And it's all about mentorships right now because so many people are not going to college anymore for arts um, and they want to find mentorships. So that would that would be an awesome path for you, in my opinion. Do you only focus on networking with other artists, or do you network with people in other fields? Like I personally feel like I've had a lot of usefulness talking with social media managers, with all sorts of other experts. But I don't know if that's something you focus on much, or if it's mostly in the art industry. For me, the name of the game is learning how to enjoy making friends. I recommend it to everybody. You're going to find friends that fit your niche, um, and that can be in any field. Um, So it doesn't matter, even if it's outside of the game industry, if it's completely, if they're in engineering or or welding, I don't, everyone's got something to share, and you never know where it's going to go, where your next piece of cool information is going to come from, or your next passion or idea. Like, so I just... I try to take everything I can from wherever I can. I think I would say that perspective is is one of my most like valued uh, like philosophies is just absorbing and absorbing and absorbing and rounding myself out more and expanding um, my knowledge through everyone who I possibly can. That's why I love travel. I mean, um, I just I, I can't get enough of it. I absolutely agree because even if it doesn't necessarily lead to something like a, a work connection. I just have so much love for understanding other people and hearing about their journey. 
has hugely impacted my life on its own. So earlier you were talking about how one of your work environments was really, really awesome because of the people who worked there. What are some ways that we can help make a better work environment for our coworkers, our boss, so we can actually enjoy being there? I mean, one thing that I did a bunch is I just like, I try to get myself because I know that I tend to get really addicted to my work and kind of, you know, hunker down and lose the fall, fall away from the world around me. So what I would do um, was I would try to get myself away from the computer for like five minutes once every couple of hours um, or, or even an hour or so, depending. And then I would just walk around and just talk to people, check in on projects, maybe something I'm something I'm working on uh, and just seeing how the, the designer is doing or just, you know, see if there's someone else because because. In, you know there's this big lounge area i guess most most jobs have lounges but like go out to the main lounge area and just see if anyone's just chilling there and just chat with them and just kind of refresh my brain you know uh so i can come back to look at my art with new eyes and um and build a connection with somebody um so i think that's that's a good thing get away from the desk a bit <laughs> don't be afraid to go to other people's desks of course if they're really working on like something and focus on something really important don't like pull them out of it you time it right but like um but yeah i i just i kind of i i i really enjoyed uh that element of it i was that obnoxious person who didn't spend enough time at the desk so you also <laughs> <laughs> don't want to be that extreme where you're constantly trying to talk with everyone and, yeah. and, and then oh yeah 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 <laughs> Yes, I would. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I learned Absolutely. that the hard way. Um, and um, what? Oh my goodness! I forgot I had a, a next question planned out. I was so excited to ask it. Oh, it's okay. Um, while you're looking for it, I can I can also say to, to maybe to make up for you know walking around and talking to people once in a while. Again, I tried to keep things work based. You know, I'd always have like little questions I could ask that were related to work to make sure I kept things on task. But I also this is a me thing. I don't necessarily recommend it to anybody else. I don't actually at all. But um, um, I I worked at a company that just it wasn't didn't have a crunch culture. Um, but I tended more often than not stayed late. So I, I at least gave the appearance of, uh, of working hard when, when very often I was, you know, I was just, I always considered myself to just be a little bit slower at getting my work done. Um, I'm just, again, I'm a meticulous person. So, so I, I sent, if I was around talking to people, me being one of the people, last people in the office very often kind of sent the message, Hey, this person cares when really maybe I spent a little too long watching a YouTube video. But <laughs> that is very good advice. And I remembered the question I wanted to ask you because it's this is a little bit deviant from what we were just talking about. But a lot of the people in our community have a really hard time understanding their worth as an artist and end up charging maybe five ten dollars an hour and feel that you right now as artists that's what you have to do to survive and i know that you have a respectable 
um, pay that you have. And I didn't know if you had any advice on how to, when you are talking with an employer, if they give you the price, um, the, the, commi the commission price or the hourly wage, or if you negotiate with them and what are some ways that we can understand our worths and our time as artists? I mean, first and foremost, is part of the networking is important is talking to people and understanding um, where that value lies. Um, for me, I'm, I'm not the best negotiator. Um, so rather than negotiate, I just kind of like seek out the projects like I, this company, I know they pay well, I hear they pay well, I'm going to, or I'm like, you know, um, so, um, but you, you do have room to, to ask, like you can, you can see if there's, if they have any, uh, room to bump that up or, or, or if maybe you can, um, get some order, other sort of benefit that you may need, um, or want, like it's, it's, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And I know that can be really really hard um uh to see it that way when say you've never had work before or work that work that paid you very well um so i think i might have been a little little fortunate in in the situations that i've had i was generally generally happy with um uh, my situation i generally didn't have to crunch i generally was content with my 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 situation and that's not necessarily everybody's case um so i i wish i had more advice on how to do that my business is i is not my strongest suit though but the fact that you you saw out clients you did your research right and mm -hmm. oh definitely out those clients do you want to talk about how we can do our research when when making those connections and finding those jobs that will oh, respect man. their artists and not kind of screw them over? Uh, you know, uh, there's not enough uh, credit given to literally f sending some person an email out of the blue and telling that you respect them and that you're really curious about opportunity and like what they, what they know about the industry and, and how they do things and like what their thoughts on and what this is all like, the worst thing that can happen is they say no or they don't respond. But very often, like people see them, like, oh my god, I want someone asking me to help. Like, wow, yeah. Um, so, I think just cold emails is weird, like weirdly valuable <laughs> uh, to people. Um, that's the worst they can do is just it's oh you don't get anything. Um, one way is literally just yeah asking people in those roles that you like. I mean. So that helps a, a lot, a lot, because uh, a lot of this stuff isn't really posted online, which is really annoying, especially not wages, um, and little intricacies and details. Um, the rest that I learn is generally is, is the same as the email. It's, it's generally just asking every chance I get to anyone I can about what that's, what their experience is like, what they like, what they don't like, what, um, what gen I mean, it's not a weird thing to ask about wages. Um, I think it's fair to ask about wages. Um, I mean, artists definitely undersell themselves. I, I, I think that I think that Fiverr, in a sense, is net good that it's given an opportunity for people um, all across the globe to find work and quickly. Um, it does kind of throw off the economics a little bit because I know a person in Indonesia who commands a significant less amount for the same quality of work is more likely to get the job. Um, so that does, I see, I see how that can kind of shift 
the odds away from from certain opportunities into to other people's hands and you know makes things more competitive and can lower the price on things um but man this is a hard one um this is not Sorry something to that put is... you on the spot oh no no it's it's, it's a good question yeah. though. it has me thinking on it um because i really i feel like i've fallen into my situations so much that i i honestly feel like just way too lucky i i'm i'm aware of it i am so darn lucky that that i i've not had to apply for a job since 2012 and even then they i kind of already knew all the people there um and that was that that uh the sun job so i'm a really rare case of just right place right time and i do think that that has solely is come out of me just being <laughs> really obsessive with my art and again more importantly than than even the art being good is just, i just i know so many darn dang people i, I just i can't help it and yeah <laughs> they were uh, the the way you got your star was through the connections from college right yeah yeah um do you want to talk was... a little bit about like where you went to college and yeah i know a lot of people say it's not worth it some people say it is i personally felt like it was worth it but i also made a lot of great connections from yeah. my location so i'd love to hear your perspective i don't yeah yeah i went to, to chico state uh, my major was applied computer graphics um my minor was graphic design and i had a almost finished a minor in Japanese. I was like one class short. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, the program was kind of fledgling. It was it was lacking in a lot of resources that I think people needed at that time. I, it, I don't believe it was worth the sticker price. Um, I do, I am very grateful having met the people though. Like, and I do think that like, if you can afford college, if, if it's an opportunity for you, yeah, take it. Um, uh, I mean, there's some to watch out for, make sure they're accredited. There's some that just don't really give you what you might need, but those connections alone were very valuable. And, um, I, I, I feel, especially at that time, it probably would have been a bit harder for me to find work because there were less resources available online. It's kind of, it's a double-edged sword. There's more resources to be able to find work and to learn, to get better as an artist now than ever but at the same time the bar is also higher <laughs> um in many ways so in this school i do feel um and i've heard this is the case in a lot of school maybe it was like at that time it felt like maybe one out of every 20 people maybe kind of made it and kind of got into the industry doing what they wanted to do um and i those numbers i don't think were <laughs> they're not good enough i don't think it it, it qualifies the price um nowadays if it's even worse i'm not i, I can't say i can necessarily say that it's worth it unless you have a scholarship where it's covered where you're from or your parents are paying for it or etc cetera, etc cetera. um so there's just too much information online i think what you were saying mentorships are a really awesome way to go because you can really tailor what you want out of things they they can really find exactly like it's not just that you're learning like technical things and business oriented things from 
who you're mentoring under, but also emotional block. Like, I don't want to say that they're like therapists to you, but I, um, I've talked to some other people recently who are doing mentorships and it's like, a lot of the time, the reason you're not blossoming in your art in some way that you want is because you're afraid of something. You have an insecurity or like that's, that's just keeping you from making diving into a thing um, or, or or that you don't think you don't like a thing when it actually it's something you would really love and really be good at. Um, so so working through that, I think, is is really valuable. And I didn't really I wasn't taught any of that in college. Um, yeah. So. And that's why I have like five interviews set up for those exact mm. <laughs> discussions because it is not taught in college or high school. And I personally believe that it absolutely should be. Mm -hmm. Oh, and oh. yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was just saying without a doubt. <laughs> and I know for me, the main reason my college was extremely helpful was because I am here in Los Angeles where there are a lot of people in my industry, in the animation industry, and I just went to the cheapest college around and those professors had just as many connections as CalArts down the street. And I was wondering for you, how has location um, impacted your ability to network and get jobs, especially before? Um, because we're the same age and yeah. back in the old days, um, there wasn't as much uh, connection online. So I'd love to hear how um, location played a part in your life. Well, yeah, um, I, I didn't, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, Chico State is, is in California. Um, so it's it wasn't that far away from San Francisco, I think, what, three and a half hours. So I could have been situated in a worse place. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Um, it was Chico state is kind of a farm town, not exactly a farm town, but it's like amidst just farms for miles and miles and miles and miles. Um, so I can't see that directly around it. There was a lot of really great um, connections and opportunities to be made, but it's, you're still in California. So I do think that did help because I know that a lot of people went to uh, a lot of different events that were in San Francisco or, um, other neighboring areas, uh, the Bay Area particularly, uh, for options. Uh, so there was that. Um, but for me, um, not. I, I, I don't think it really mattered necessarily that much. No, uh, I don't think location was big. I mean, obviously, like, if you're going to work in the office, then, I mean, it, it helps a little bit. But, like, there's so much work that can be done online. Even even back then, it was it's really surprising how much work could have been done back then online. Um, and of course, nowadays, pff, location doesn't really matter. I don't think much at all. <laughs> I yeah, mean, it, it, there are some weight to go with it. I do think that you know, if you're in another country, maybe perhaps you might not get paid as much. But so I do think that being in the right country is important um, for like. It will have an impact at the same time if you're in another country, the cost of living may be different. So it, there's a lot of different factors uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, you don't have a $6,000 mortgage a month like I do. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's crazy. Oh, wow. We live close to the beach, so the prices get high here. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I'm also on the beach. 
I don't even like the beach actually, but I like being close to my husband's work. So I will take it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, I, you don't, wait, you don't like the beach. I I love it. I used to live in Puerto Rico, like with my own private beach. And I hardly ever even went on it because I am not a beach person. (laughs) Wow. I think it's it's like the sensory overload, like with the, with the sand and the smells and everything that people like. I just it's 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 overload for me. But I like listening to the waves, like on the like a one of those white noise type things, you know. Uh-huh. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah, no, I I love it. I love the smell. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the. Uh, the sounds of the the crashing of the waves. I like being able to walk out there, and it's like it's like a video game. There's just new stuff on shore every day, and then one day it's jellyfish, another day it's <laughs> like law, just random logs. One day, I mean, this was did not end up well, but like I, one day I found a shipwreck. Oh, and it wow. was not it was not a good it was not a good one, uh, and it didn't go well for the people on board. And I wasn't the first at the scene. I wasn't the one to find it, but like, and this was just right around the corner from this house that I'm in right now. Um, but I, I lived in Germany for a couple of years, well, Germany and, and London, and um, I did definitely miss being near-ish to the ocean. I just something about having it close by is soothing to me. Maybe because I grew up in the desert. Yeah, I, I could see that. I grew up in a desert, too, so I, I feel like I oh, should yeah. the beach more. <laughs> but <laughs> speaking of which... Um, I know that you said you traveled a lot. And for me, in my time traveling and moving around, I have learned so much about adaptability, about different cultures, about just figuring out your way around. And I'd love to know how traveling has affected your art career. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, just being able to go wherever while you're working like a digital nomad is really I mean, it, it's really cool. Like you, you're just, you, know, you have more opportunities to take things from a different perspective. Um, you're seeing different shapes and sounds and uh, around different people with different tastes and things. All these weird little things noodle their way into your work in ways you don't expect. Everything, everything does. Um, uh, that said, um, <laughs> my situation in Germany was a little bit rough because uh, I technically wasn't um, able to work uh there um because i was waiting for my visa so and because of the ukraine situation i was waiting and waiting and waiting for 10 months for my visa um so i kind of was just yeah yeah and so that that did a a little bit of a dent in my bank account while i was waiting (laughs) um i could imagine yeah um mm -hmm. so in that regard it didn't help greatly (laughs) Um, so I was like lining up clients and, and opportunities and, and it was just like, sorry guys, I gotta, I gotta wait. And, and, you know, some, some chances came and went while I was waiting. Um, so in that regard, I would say if you're going to travel abroad and live abroad, uh, even if they say the visa is easy to get and you're an American, <laughs> uh, get the visa ahead of time <laughs> before you go. Um, now if you're just traveling, bouncing from country to country and it's on issue, then, Oh yes, do it. Um, although I, 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 I never saw myself as a person who had a like a home. Like 
I have family in Oregon and I lived in Seattle for a while and I, there's all sorts of places I love, but I never considered them home. So I didn't suspect I would get so homesick for the U.S. <laughs> it was a very surprising feeling because I've always been so, um, I just, I, I love Europe, um, at least some at least certain places in Europe that are really dear to me. So that's been interesting coming back here and, and everything just kind of clicks and feels easier. So I was feeling um, uh, more vitalized getting here, um, coming back from travel. So I guess they kind of, there's, there's some push and pull there. Um, yeah, but, that makes yeah. sense. Because there's so much beauty and nostalgia and stuff in Europe, but there's a lot of things like like horrible cell service and... <laughs> oh my God, customer service. So oh, yeah. golly. Oh man. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does depend on where, of course. That's like, true. That's like true. The, I noticed a different, a different shift in the quality of the roads going from Germany into the Netherlands. It's just smooth all of a sudden. Um, generally, that said, that the Germany's infrastructure was pretty darn good. Um, but there are a lot of little things to adjust to that are kind of like they build up um, that you don't suspect suspect necessarily when you're in a country um you know long term like all these little things like uh like bank related stuff health related stuff like um just like if you're not good with the language just like having to call customer service about your, your phone issue and like they have to pass you along and pass you along and they don't quite get you and they send <laughs> and they solve the wrong thing and um there's it's it's always give and take like it's i mean you you may find that that one country is for you because you just like certain things and you're able to put up with the things that they have that some people don't like and that's fine yeah for sure um that's uh -huh. why i stuck with the u.s territories instead of other uh, yeah. though because it's like somewhere in between going to another country but you know you don't have to deal with the visa issues and there's at least some people that speak English, so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, now I now I want to travel more. <laughs> oh man, I have some recommendations. Uh, I mean, I I did love London, uh, for example. Oh, I, spent, I did not like London. Actually, it took the third trip to London for me to like it. Um, oh. And um, the first the first two times I, I thought it was neat, but it just didn't feel like it was for me. But the third time I ended up staying there for several months. And um, oh, wow. I uh, kind of like, I was watching um, some a lot, bunch of YouTube videos on like things to look for, because you can't really walk 15 feet in London without walking, hit, like hitting something that has some sort of historical yeah. importance. So I was watching this guy named Jules Guys. I watched all of his videos before and I was just excited just seeing, oh, this and that. And then by chance in a, a country of 9 million or city of 9 million people-ish, is it? Like I ran into the guy who ran that YouTube channel and it was just the best oh part God. of my entire, of all people, like he normally wears this like posh British outfit. He's dressed up and all dapper. And like, he was just dressed like a normal guy. And I like yelled at him, <laughs> like didn't yell, but called like, from like across the street, like Jules. So crazy when that yeah. happened. Oh my god, I was so nervous. I was in the middle of a call with my mom, so he it sucked because he seemed like he really was open to a chat, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I gotta, I gotta run. You're awesome, bye. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I did think London was neat. Um, but I eventually got a, I got a little depressed there after a while, just because I kept meeting all these cool people, and I loved the city. I loved like, all these things about it. Um, and um, 
it was hard to build forge connections that stayed. Um, I just kept meeting new people and then like they just couldn't connect with them again. They were busy or they're on the other yes. side of the city and something happened. Like, yeah. so that's where it was rough for me. It was a little lonely after a while, even though I was constantly around people. Um, so, um, another place that I love, I love the Netherlands so much. Um, I mean, I, um, I, 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 a lot of people have different feelings about this. I love Amsterdam and it has, I think the, the I wrong visit so badly. It has a bad reputation for being this party city and like, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. At the same time, visually, man, there's no place like it except maybe other Dutch cities, Utrecht or, or even at Rotterdam. Um, but it's just, it's, oh my God. I, I, the architecture there is just uh, it's out of this world for me it's just so immaculate and and ornate and yet so wonky it's 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 this weird mix of fancy and cartoony that uh, i just as an artist i'm just like oh my god these these oh, shapes yeah. every direction yeah. just shapes and colors and awe and liveliness um so if i were to go back um i'd say that maybe utrecht which is next to amsterdam uh is a place i'd consider um spending some more time uh or even uh, maybe was I, I hear a lot of really really great things about portugal though i haven't been um so that's another one i'd like to maybe spend some time at um oh, yeah. yeah that in spain i want to go to barcelona oh i missed out on it i was supposed to go to barcelona while i was waiting for my visa i wasn't allowed to leave germany <laughs> so i i bought oh, this no. ticket to barcelona with to see friends and um very often you can get these, they call them fiction of the gongs, which are basically temporary, um, uh, temporary visas that don't have all the things that a regular visa has. And I just happened to get one that said I couldn't leave the country. Most of them don't. So I had to like transfer that ticket to a trip to Munich instead, which ended up being wonderful. So uh, I still have not been to Barcelona. I very much want to see Antoni Gaudi's architecture in person and all the, the Art Nouveau architecture just mm, it hits it hits for me yeah my dad was so lucky that for his job mm. he got to like travel all over the world for his work mm -hmm. like maybe a week or two at a time and so i just oh one day one day i want to you know be able to use it all for a tax write-off <laughs> oh my gosh oh yeah that's true oh that's that's a good point why didn't i do that <laughs> I'm like oh i, have a I had no real reason there. to be abroad <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Comic-Con there. That's part of my job, right? I'm going to interview someone. Mm, um, next time I'm doing that. <laughs> yes, you should. What advice do you have for an artist who they've been really, really focusing on their art skills and everything, but they're a little scared to start networking and don't know where to go and what they should be doing at this point because they might be on the shy introvert end. I know you mentioned Discord. Um, what are any other ways that they could kind of get started with networking with the right people? Oh man, um, Discord is my real big one recently for 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 introverted people because I, I I don't. I, consider I need myself them as a sponsor much. one of these days because I always talk how um, great they are. There are, I mean, there are some options. I mean, it's for, what's difficult is is um, this is geared toward introverted people because I mean, networking is for me. It's been generally more an extroverted kind of experience. There's there's meetups, meetup groups, but again, 
you don't like groups, it might be a little hard. Um, uh, so, hmm, online with more introverted people. Um, oh, man. I, I mean, you can connect with people via Twitter and Instagram, but the thing is, is uh, that takes a stomach for some people that they don't necessarily have. I mean, um, because so you may... conclusion, Discord's the best place, right? That's the place that I'm finding <laughs> so many good things about. Like, there's... What, what I'm liking about, like, it seems like finding just a common thread of a lot of neurodivergent people um, and a lot of yes, people who, yes, like... Yes, y'all end up who, there. Yeah, and, like, a lot of people who just think a little differently and have a different take on the world. And as a result, because we're so different, we kind of tend to... A lot of us, at least, uh, tend to shy away from people. And when you're in there with all these other people, they get it. Like, it's not weird to have these like deep personal conversations and random chat with someone just after talking about Power Rangers <laughs> and you just don't expect it yes. uh, because it's, there's this candidness to it. Um, so that's been really the lion's share of like how I've been meeting people for the last, I don't know, six or seven months. It's just been, mm -hmm. it's been a regular part of my day. Um, and, um, and like, there's, it's almost, it's like a bit of a family. It's almost home-like. It's, it's, you know, say I didn't have a you know place I found to be home. Like it almost feels like being home with all the, these, these people, these yes. connections I have forged with people. Um, I so, agree. so yeah, like I, I could like recommend other places where you can meet people as an introvert, but like, they're not, they don't feel like communities. Twitter's not a community. Instagram's not a community, you know, like Reddit's mm -hmm. not a community. Although I do, I got to say like, there are some subreddits that like can be pretty great. But um, yeah, but yeah I, I feel like a broken record. I'm repeating a lot of the same stuff, <laughs> but they're valuable. Holy cow. I, I completely agree. And I love what you said about it feeling like home because as someone who's moved over 30 times, I, mm. I feel that where I don't have like a physical home, but discord does, mm. does feel that way. So yes, this has been so useful. So many of the things that I've thought in the past, but never knew how to articulate or anything like the way that you presented it. I really, really appreciate it. And I think that a lot of artists will find this, your experiences extremely valuable. So thank you again. And is there any closing words you want to say before we end? Uh, yeah, I, sure. Um, I would say like, don't, don't uh, necessarily try to follow whatever anyone else's path is for art. Like, honestly, just follow what really drives you and makes you excited. I've seen so many people who feel like, uh, I want to work at, at Riot and do League of Legends art or something. And they try so hard to like do this very specific thing and they're banging their head against this wall trying to do something. When I look at their art and like, dude, you do like Muramasa style art really, really well. And you don't even realize because you want this thing so badly. And like taking a beat and like kind of looking at other options, um, you may end up coming back like, oh, I figured out these pieces of the puzzle that I didn't realize. Like I've learned a tremendous amount uh, technically for my art from uh, just getting my hands into different things. Uh, 3D has been huge for learning how to, how to paint better. Photography, huge for my compositional skills. Like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I can't. I can't express that enough how great photography was and all sorts of other random things that you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect even dabbling in music. I found I started learning music composition. No, I'm not great, <laughs> but I'm finding that I'm using like 
ideas that are abstract enough for shape language and applying it to music and like, whoa, these themes are actually kind of consistent with each other. You don't know where you're going to build these weird random connections that, that somehow help you with another problem ever. So follow what you really enjoy and, and, you know, maybe seek out people who enjoy those things too. Um, and it's also okay to not know what you enjoy. Just, just experiment. Try it. Try that. Look for the things you may, you may not think you did that, that you would, you never know. So yeah. I, oh, I love that advice so, so much. And yes, thanks again. Is there any social media or anything that you want to shout out? Or Oh man, so I might be the first here. I'm, I'm a very extremely rare case of a ghost online. I kind of love, <laughs> like, yeah, you heard it here first, folks. I'm, I'm breaking out. Um, so I have nothing online. Um, maybe some old uh, social media that I'm not about to say. <laughs> Um, but I'm you're, getting you're just a, all about discord. I am. I'm <laughs> getting a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's, that's why I think I'm very fortunate. I've made most pretty much all of my connections through just meeting people in random places rather than uh, portfolio online. I don't have one portfolio online. I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a Twitter. I don't have anything. Um, so well, maybe you could send me a couple of your favorite discord rooms. Yeah, absolutely. I would. Over, I, could put them in I have some notes. recommendations. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, but that said, I am getting a tremendous amount of pressure to uh, do Instagram and, and Patreon and et cetera, et cetera. So I might, that might have to change in the very near future. <laughs> well, I want to see all your work. So I am rooting for that Instagram. So absolutely. And I think people on listening to this podcast might be curious. So I think I, I have more of a reason. <laughs> I want to know what this this person does. So, yeah. And if you make one, but by the time this is posted, I will add that in too. So, absolutely. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Success Palette. Head over to thesuccesspalette.com for additional links to social media platforms and also some bonus episodes. I hope you make this week a successful one and have a wonderful holiday. See ya!